Hey guys, it's Ed, and I'm coming to you live from the Drunk Gossip Studios here in New York City. And first of all, it's still raining. Like, I don't know who pissed off Mother Nature, but can we make amends already? Because, damn. <laughs> Seriously, I'm sick of the rain. Like, I, I wasn't happy with the heat, but I'm definitely sick of the rain. <laughs> oh. So, you know what else I'm sick of? I am so sick of this college admissions bribery scandal. You know, it, it's intriguing, and eventually, yes, I will write about it. Um, but like with most of the stories, like um, the Wendy Williams divorce, but that the Wendy Williams divorce actually has an endpoint. Um. This bribery scandal is so massive and so encompassing that it could be like an an eight-season HBO show with all the little twists and turns that it, it takes. The latest is Olivia Jade, Lori Lachlan, Lori Lachlan's daughter, um, with Massimo. I never know how to pronounce his last name, so that's why I don't even bother trying. Um, Anyways, Olivia Jade allegedly knew that what her parents were doing. Now, it's it's one thing to know what your parents are doing, um, and not know that it's illegal. But I'm pretty sure this whole family knew that what they were doing was illegal. I mean, how could they not? Um, but that's not even the part that bothers me about the whole thing. So, okay. So she knows that what mommy and daddy are doing. And maybe she even knows it's wrong what mommy and daddy are doing. And, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily expect anyone to turn on their parents. Um, Do I think they should? Yes. But I also get it. And I get why someone wouldn't turn on their parents. But, just like her mother... It doesn't seem like Olivia Jade is taking this very seriously. Um, She's been seen out partying um, both with her sister and alone. Uh, And she doesn't understand why she's lost sponsors. She doesn't know why Sephora ditched her. And she doesn't understand why she's not bringing in the type of money that she once did. First of all, I, I just don't understand why she's popular in the first place, to be honest. Um, and also, how do I become a social media influencer? I need someone to tell me this. Like, guide me to become a social media influencer, because these people have it made. All they have to do is copy and paste something. And if you remember, we talked about Lindsay Lohan, because they didn't even do it right. Um, and then they just freaking tens of thousands of dollars for each post. I could do that. 
anyway. So, back to, um, back to Olivia uh, Like her mother, she's trying to put a spin on this that she's innocent and, and just trying to put it behind her. Unlike her mother, I can actually see this maybe working if she took some responsibility. Here's what a source said. She wants to come out looking like she's changed, learned life lessons, and is growing as a person. So for sure, so she for sure wants people to think she is interested in her education. To that end, she wants to go back to USC and start studying. Which is kind of ironic from someone who uploaded a video on YouTube that said the only reason why she wanted to go to USC was for the parties. And no other university in California would take her, which is why allegedly her parents had to resort to this college bribery scandal. And frankly, it's just all too much. I'm going to go, though, and I'll be right back. And I'm back. So, okay. One of the best things about living in New York City is you get to see all sorts of celebrities. Uh, And most of the time, they're just regular people. Uh, This is one of those times, like, so I don't want to set this up like there's some... um, But... Every once in a while, you know, they act, um, they act bad or they're on their, on bad behavior or whatever. Um, but last week, I just needed to get out of the office and, um, kind of give myself a little bit of a break. So, I decided to uh, um, just get on the train and go anywhere. And if you ask Mandy, if you ask Mandy, that's not all that uncommon for me. Um, in fact, it's a little bit more uncommon for me not to do that. Or, I, and by the way, you can ask Will too. <sighs> Excuse me, but you're more likely to get an answer from Mandy. Um, but <laughs> so, so anyway, so I was walking around and I saw this really hot guy. And, and, okay, just so you know, this is not actually the first time that I that this has happened to me. And I kept looking at this dude, and I was like, you know. And for the record, like, I would never actually hit on him. Um, not because I'm shy or anything, but, um, since I like somebody, I'm, uh, I'm a little bit more, um, careful with his feelings. 
But, you know, I, I kept looking at this guy, and I'm like, damn, like, this dude is fucking hot. Like, and I was texting, I was texting um, Dave, I believe, and I was like, dude, like, this guy is Leonardo DiCaprio hot. And then the guy spoke. I don't remember what he said, but it was then that I realized he wasn't Leonardo DiCaprio hot. He was Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, And this is not the first time I've seen Leo around the city. Um, I've seen him on the city bike. I've seen him... Um, I've seen him on a city bike. I've seen him actually filming a movie. I don't. I don't remember which movie it was. Um, it was the first time I lived in New York. Um, I've seen him at the Natural History Museum. So when he's here, Leo is not does not shy away from being out in public. Uh, but he dresses down, and that's one of the things that I think. Um, people don't realize is when in the, and I said this when in the Tom Brady segment I did a few um, some episode back when they're dressed down these are not guys you would normally pick up out of nowhere like it would take you a few minutes um, and again like Leo is awesome um you know, no one bothered him. No one said anything. And the reason why I'm pointing this out is because we were around Battery Park and the World Trade Center, which are two very, very um, tourist-heavy places. So the fact that he didn't get swamped with autograph requests and all that speaks to the volume of how good he is at at hiding. And, you know, I know that there's nothing particularly salacious about this, and it's just, you know, me talking about seeing him. But if you stop and think about it, that's one of the biggest things in the world. The biggest movie star in the world, bar none, can move amongst fans without being detected. That's something. All right, I'm going to go and I'll be right back. And I'm back. So, A Night at the Roxbury is one of those dumb 90s comedy classics that just, you know, you turn it on when you have nothing else to do and nothing's on TV. Somehow, Chris Kattan and Will Ferrell took a 30, or a 30 minute, a three minute sketch and spooned it over an hour and a half. And good on them, honestly. 
both made bank and both went on to have very decent careers. Well, Chris, uh, Chris Kattan is now alleging that Lauren Michaels pressured him to have sex with a potential female director in order to even get the movie made. So here, I'm going to let him tell the story in his own words. Um, He wrote a book called Baby Don't Hurt Me. It's coming out soon. Um, The female director in question is Amy Heckerling, who did Clueless. Um, allegedly, Amy came on to Chris, uh, and he says that he was attracted to her, but was worried about the amount of power that Amy and Lauren Michaels held over his career. And he says that the next day, Lauren called him and was furious. Um, here's what Lauren Michaels allegedly said to Chris Kattan. Paramount would only do the movie if Amy signed on as a director, not as a producer. And if Chris wanted... If Chris wanted to... And if Chris wanted to make sure the movie happened, then he had to keep Amy happy. And Lauren went on to say... Chris, I'm not saying you have to fuck her, but but it wouldn't hurt. And he says that he and Amy actually did end up having consensual sex on a casting couch. Um, Chris says, she thought it would be fun to have sex on Lauren's desk. Wow, what a great idea. Jesus Christ. I said a polite fuck no to that. So we ended up going to her office and having sex on, yep, you guessed it, the casting couch. And he says that um, he was dating Jennifer Coolidge and it put a really big strain on his relationship with her. Of course it did. You cheated on her. Um... So, people, a lot of people are wondering if this is going to turn into a Me Too story. And it doesn't really seem like it because Amy herself backed off. Um, and, and, And she really didn't sign on as the director of the movie. She signed on as a producer. And the movie still got made. Um, but when Chris said no... It doesn't seem like she pursued it anymore. It seemed more like Warren Michaels was trying to make something happen. And and I am sure I could scour the internet and scour my sources and come up with a whole big deep dive on Lauren Michaels and some of the shady shit he's done. Uh, you know... I I would not be surprised by anything. Um, 
but and I don't know. Um, I baby don't hurt me is obviously Chris's memoir, and that's why he's telling the story. Um, and it seems like this is a very significant event. Um, since soon after this incident happened. Uh, he and Jennifer Coolidge broke up. But again, you can't... It doesn't seem like it was a Me Too situation. Because she didn't assert her power to have sex with him. She seduced him, he said no. And Lauren Michaels did it. It's a weird, weird situation. I'm hoping that he talks about this a little bit more when he starts promoting the book on the talk show circuit or if he writes um, an op-ed or something. We're going to stay on top of it. And we're going to go and be right back. And I'm back. So, we've been, ta- we've been talking about the business of writing in the segment a lot lately. And we're just, tonight's no different. Um, but I this time, um, the situation is actually kind of different. And it's something I'm still trying to learn myself. So, uh, uh, I swear I'm smart. (laughs) I can speak most of the time. Alright, so, um, Indecent Proposal was, well, is a 90s classic film. Um, it's melodramatic. It really is everything you want. Um, and a storyline, it was a bestseller. It led to a Robert Redford, Demi uh, Moore movie. And like I said, it's a cla- that's a classic. Um, and it's based on a book. Um, the author is Jack Englehard, who has made millions and millions of dollars, let's be real here, off of this book. And um, they're, they're actually rebooting it, God forbid, that a classic movie doesn't get a reboot. Um, and they're doing a musical based on it, which I'm actually kind of all for. I, if it comes to Broadway, I'm definitely going to go see it. I want to see the Cruel Intentions musical, to be honest. I just got to find someone to go with me. Um, but... Rewinding back and getting back to the point. Um, Netflix launched What If over Memorial Day weekend, um, which is an anthology series by Mike Kelly. Mike Kelly, for those of you who don't know, Mike Kelly is responsible for giving us shows like Revenge and... um, Revenge is basically the one you would know. There's another one and I just keep forgetting what it is. Um, and it's a soapy, it's supposed to be a really soapy, just 
fun time. And he did the anthology series because um, with, with Revenge, they kind of ran out of story ideas. And they just kept the show going to keep it going. There was, like, really no reason for it. Um, so, with What If, Renee Zellweger's character talks to Jane Levy's character and says she'll give her a bunch of money if um, Jane Levy will let her sleep with her boy. Um, if Renee Zellweger can sleep with Jane Levy's boyfriend. And a lot of people pointed out that they're the similar the similarities in plot to Indecent Proposal. And it's fair. I want, and here's where I get confused about things. Uh, and I'm going to explain after I read what happened to Jack Engel. He got at least 20 phone calls saying, congratulations, Jack, you did it again. I said, what did I do? Um, and then that's when he was told about what if. And then he said, some credit to the novel- novelist might be fair for producing a moral dilemma that captivated the world. He called his attorney on Tuesday, but the legal eagle quickly informed him he had no claim and to just be happy. So, and this is one of those things where I get confused. Um, Ron Chanel, who wrote uh, the best-selling biography on Hamilton, um, his tome inspired the musical Hamilton. And I don't believe he gets um, any of the show, a percentage of the show's profits or any money from it. But his, um, the book does carry the label inspired the hit musical Hamilton by Lynn, um, Manuel Miranda. So I've always wondered when do you stop being inspired or when do you stop adapting and start being inspired by? With what if I think the uh, the answer is a little bit obvious um, and I'm not talking about the gender swap actually. Although you could probably probably make that argument. Um, I think inspired by, and I could be wrong, and I'm hoping that if there's any lawyer or anyone out there who knows the difference between adapted and inspired by, um, leave me a voice message on Anchor or um, get a hold of me. You know, um, Twitter is author at A, um, Facebook and Instagram at author at Anderson. Um, but I, here's what I think. I really think that inspired by means you, you kind of take this, the premise and you make it your own. So with what if, um, it's obviously set in a very 2019 way. Um, none of the characters share names with anyone in the novel. And... 
what grows out of the initial um, proposal is much different than what happens in the book or the movie. Um, and in Hamilton, I think it's kind of the same thing. Um, I'm sure Lin-Manuel Miranda took some liberties, we'll say. Uh, and, you know, obviously the cast is people of color, which is awesome. Um, and, you know, he wrote the music and all that, so that could be different. I think Inspired By means you, you change just enough where you, you can kind of see where the idea came from, but not necessarily, it's not necessarily derivative completely or mostly. I'm hoping that's what it is. But in any case, I'm going to go and I'll be right back. And I'm back. Also, we're going to be keeping with the Game of Thrones blind. Um, This was not planned, honestly. Um, But it happens sometimes, you know. Um, This is called Game of Wellness. It comes to us from Blind Gossip. And here we go. Now that the Game of Thrones finale has aired, its cast is moving on. And one of them may have moved to a very surprising place. They have been spotted on a couple they have been spotted a couple of times in the past week, right outside of a renowned rehab facility. The facility is located in a small town. It's not one of those facilities that locks down its patients, so they may be seen out and about while being treated. While we can't get confirmation that our star has actually been admitted to the facility, they have been known to imbibe a little too much, and there are a few other reasons why they would be in this particular town. Oh, and there are few other reasons why they would be in this particular town and right next to this particular facility. Then again, even if they were being treated there, it would it would be unlikely for them to admit that they were receiving help for substance abuse. We'd probably receive some sort of wellness vacation excuse, like some other celebs we know. And overwhelmingly, um, um, people think that this is Kit Harrington. Um, there was an event um, with his wife Rose and Amelia Clark. And he was a no-show for that. And he was seen in Madison, Connecticut, which is right near a rehab center. Um, so, and allegedly, um, during the whole naked picture um, extortion scandal that he faced down uh, earlier this year, actually, um, one of the things that kept coming up was he was probably drunk at the time. And in, indeed, the pictures of him lying naked on the bed do give the appearance that he is not sober. I'm not sure why that is. Um, you know, that's, 
that's not for me. I, I host a show called Drunk Gossip, so... <laughs> um, really, I have no room to talk. Um, but... Um, if, if he was drinking, it would actually kind of make sense that um, his wife Rose would stand by his side. And... Um, he would wait until after the show was over, um, you know, in case there was any reshoots that were needed, or, uh, and, and, you know, with a show like Game of Thrones, a lot of publicity happens. Um, there are a lot of comic cons that, um, the cast and crew go to. There are a lot of, um, just everything like that. So... Again, I would, I'm not really surprised. Um, but if he's being spotted out near the rehab facility, as is alleged, I'm a little bit curious as to why. Like, if you're trying to keep something secret, you generally don't want to flaunt it. And it's not like he can say, oh, you know, I'm filming or whatever. And we've seen what happened last time he tried to lie when they killed off Jon Snow on Game of Thrones. Um, he didn't book any projects and it looked really, really suspicious um, when it came to, you know, why he wasn't booking projects. So I imagine that he's learned from that mistake and either will um, he will either have to admit it or take, take some time and come up with a really feasible excuse. Um, you know, visiting family and friends for vacation would seem really odd since his wife wasn't with him. Um, and she's not filming and he was, he was scheduled to be, um, to make the appearance with her. Um, so vacation wouldn't work. Um, the only other thing that he could possibly say is, I don't um, last minute something came up? I don't know. Um, this is why I would be really bad at, um, PR, because I can't come up with a good excuse off the top of my head. Um, but I am gonna go, and I will be right back. And I'm back. And for those of you wondering why I replayed a blind item that just um, played in the last blind item episode, it's because I'm about to reveal it. Um, as I guessed in the, in the segment, Kit Harrington did indeed go to rehab. And his publicist is indeed trying to spin this as a wellness retreat. However, um, Page Six and Blind Gossip both um, have said that this he's had a problem with alcohol. Um, and in fact, both briefly touched upon his extramarital, alleged extramarital affair that set off a huge scandal earlier this year, late last year, earlier this year, 
um, in which um, his mistress allegedly took, um, not allegedly, she did, someone took naked photos of him. He's laying on the bed, his cock is out. Um, There's no denying who this is. Um, the, the cheating scandal never really took hold, um, and Rose Leslie, for her part, has not said anything about how she feels about her husband, um, cheating on her, um, although I think we can all imagine that she's not pleased. Uh, so Kit was, Kit was seen around a small Connecticut town. Um, the, the rehab is called, uh, I'm not gonna say this right, but I'm gonna try. Privé Swiss. Um, and what sources are saying is he was really stressed out with the end of Game of Thrones. As a lot of them, as a lot of these actors must be, Game of Thrones is one of those once in a lifetime shows or roles that come along, change your life. But honestly, and I'm not trying to be mean or a dick here, but it's not likely that these people will see the kind of success they saw with Game of Thrones. They're, they're all good actors. But this was a global phenomenon. And there's going to be a lot of pressure on them to deliver a huge audience. And, I, you know, maybe people like them, you know, they obviously all gain new fans by being part of it. But... Not, you know, you look at the, the final episode drew some 20 million people. That's not going to be enough to open a movie. That's not going to be enough to... Oh, okay, it would be enough to keep a TV show on the air for a few years. Um, but that's assuming that they choose good roles. Um, but back to John, or, wow, I did not mean to call him by his character's name. Back to Kit Harrington. Um, here is what's being said. First of all, the facility costs $120,000 per month. Um, and it's, it's allegedly not going to affect any, um, Productions that he has in the pipeline. One of his friends said the end of Game of Thrones really hit Kit hard. He realized this is it. This is the end. It was something that they had all worked so hard on for so many years. He had a moment of what next. He's in the, um, he's in the clinic predominantly for stress and exhaustion and also alcohol. His wife Rose is being... Extremely supportive. Everyone close to him really just want, really wanted him to get some rest. 
Right now, he just needs peace and quiet. Um, and, and you know what? We get it. Sometimes you just need that peace. Uh, hopefully, he's he's done over imbibing. Um, we don't know. We we do know that he had a problem with alcohol. Um, it's been splashed across the gossip pages for a very long time. Um, you know, if it's one thing for for the a rep to say, hey, if this is just him relaxing, whatever. I'm sorry, you don't have to spend $120,000 to relax. And if you need $120,000 to relax, hand the money over to me. I will help you relax. Now, if you need rehab for alcohol or some other addiction, then that's the way to go. And, you know, and he's very lucky. He has... He has the money. And he has... Um, you know, he has work lined up where he's going to continue to bring in a lot of money for, for a while to come. His rep says... Um, Kit has decided to utilize his break in it, utilize his break in his schedule as an opportunity to spend some time at a wellness retreat to work on some personal issues. And, you know, again, that's his absolute right, but... Let's be honest. Let's help people. Um, we talked about Ellen DeGeneres coming out with um, talking about her stepfather molesting her. Someone in Kit Harrington's position who's not going to lose work for saying, hey, I was drinking a little bit too much. I went and got the help I needed. I recognized I had a problem. Um... Someone who actually saw Kit out and about in the neighborhood of the rehab said, I have personally seen him out in the community many times. I think it's wonderful that he is taking time to take care of himself. More people should. And, you know, that's absolutely right. I I want him to take care of himself. I want him to get better. Um... I'm not necessarily a fan. I've never watched Game of Thrones, but it's great that he recognized he had an issue. And it, I think it's even better that he voluntarily went and got help for that issue and he didn't melt down or anything of that sort. That's, that's how to deal with addiction responsibly. And, you know, uh, and yes, he's going to be the target of some, some gossip over the next few weeks. Um, but when he comes out of this, he's going to be stronger. And we're all going to forget that he was in rehab. And it'll be until he brings it up before... 
a memoir or he needs to talk about it um, to promote a project or something. But, you know, all we can do at this point is wish him well. And all I can do at this point as well is say thank you all so much for listening as always. And that's going to do it for me for today. Um, tomorrow, Will will be joining me for a very special Brexit segment. So you don't want to miss that. And until next time, cheers. <laughs>